Welcome to Talk on the Way, where we have conversations of faith, life, and being better humans. Yeah, it looks promising. It looks really good, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Interesting. All right, you ready to get started? Yeah, let's roll into this one. It's going to be a doozy. I'm pretty stoked right. on having the convo. Sweet. Sounds good to me, too. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to chat about... Um, Wait, you got to do the intro. You got to do oh, the intro. Oh, am I doing the intro? I thought we were already rolling. Heck, what's up, everybody? All right, here's the intro. Y'all ready for this intro? Um, it's probably going to be a good one. Um, welcome to another episode of A Talk on the Way where we have conversations on the journey of life, faith, and being better humans. Um, this is Sergi speaking, uh, probably the host today, and um, we have our co-host, Ward. Ward, say hi. Hey. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo. So uh, on the, I realized uh, the last episode you mentioned how you say yo, yo, yo every time you come on. And it made me realize on the other podcast I'm on that my buddy Tyler and I do about music and sports, I usually say <laughs> yo, yo, great. yo, yo when we first start. But that it usually is cut in the edit room. But mm. um, but yeah, I usually say that I usually say that as well when uh, he and I are first getting on together. Speaking of the editing, uh, the last little intro that you did for the last episode, the Easter episode, was great. Oh, yeah. I love the little uh, <laughs> fade in from our conversation, kind of mellow gradual into the intro. That was great. I love that. Yeah, the little banter. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's how it should be. I'm going to keep playing with that for sure. So, But yeah, it um, sounds like, I mean, we were talking before we started actually like recording but sounds like uh things are going pretty good for you yeah going pretty good i um i'm still dealing with i think i've mentioned this on the podcast i'm dealing with uh two herniated discs yeah so i've been going to physical therapy twice a week for that i'm going tomorrow uh last i met with the surgeon it was you know again i think i mentioned this but it was good he said that um while it's slow, it does seem like I am building strength. And so that means uh, that there's a good chance I wouldn't have to have surgery. If for some reason I stop being able to build my strength back in my right arm, then I will have what they call disc replacement. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Hoping you know. for the best. Yeah. That's. That's tough. That's wild. The whole, I know we've talked about this on other episodes, but the whole situation, everything you're going through is just wild. I can't yeah. believe it. It's not fun. And I have no clue. I have no yeah. clue what caused it. I just know I have two herniated discs in my neck mm. and it's caused my right arm to lose muscle. So yeah. Dang. Well, we'll hopefully uh, the docs give you some kind of news and you gradually and start recovering and no further damage. It's kind of what I'm hoping for. So same. Um, I got really quiet actually. You sound the same on my end. Okay, good, good, good. My levels just dropped. I think I started like whispering. Oops. Huh. Anyway, anyway, um, I'm doing pretty good. Things yeah. are going pretty good. Uh, the, the house that we moved in to that I talked about in the last episode is, 
nice. Yep, getting used to it. We had some folks over already. And that was that was kind of the plan is to get a bigger space that we can actually host, but also have space for rain, um, which I don't know if anyone can hear um visually because we're not this is not a visual podcast. This is only nope. sound, no video. But um, I'm in the basement, so I'm just chilling in the basement, surrounded by concrete walls, with little piping behind my head. And yeah, be careful! Don't shelf. lean back too far; you may hit that yeah, pipe. <laughs> right. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging the vibes, uh, but it does kind of look like a uh, like a um, someone is holding someone hostage, and uh, those are the vibes kind of I'm sensing from looking at my screen here. Kind of <laughs> oh. vibes. A but little bit. A little bit, yeah. But it's you not need, bad. I'm I like basements. They're chill. You're gonna need to um work out like some lighting, put some yeah, stuff, something sure. to make it feel like your space instead of a a dungeon or for a sure. hostage spot. Yeah, it's definitely a dungeon right now, but it's also not very big. So I just need to um, arrange a few things. Lighting would be key. You're totally right on that. But other than that, things are great. Um, coffee stuff is going pretty good. It's also a little tense right now with coffee because there is a global coffee shortage. So it's really Yikes. hard to find coffee that is nice. Um, and also pricing for even lower grade coffee is going up. So right. in general, it is a mess. And um, obviously the... Uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation is affecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, things in China with the new shutdowns are because of COVID are affecting right. that. So a, lo- a lot's going on when it comes to coffee. It's weird that I never, I, I just never imagined being part of a, like a global uh, trade thing, whatever right. you want to call it, you know, because coffee is traded on a global level. So right. everything affects it whether that's like politics in a different country or um, natural disasters like all of that plays a big role and obviously covid plays a huge role because every country is dealing with it differently so but yeah it's been weird that's nuts that is nuts i i mean coffee's like coffee is a plant it grows it grows lots of places throughout the mm-hmm. world so it's like the idea that there's a shortage of it just sounds crazy i mean there there is a shortage on almost everything right now it seems yeah so yeah yeah it's wild but yeah um i remember what was it about like two months ago i'm diving straight in into our topic today folks so okay um get ready for this one um it's gonna be a fun one i'm excited about this one because like i was saying i remember a few months ago I contacted you and I'm like, yo, have you seen this quote unquote documentary um, on Discovery Plus called Hillsong, a mega church exposed right off the bat? Like, that's an awful title. It couldn't have been a few months ago. It hasn't been out that long. Or was it a month ago? (laughs) Something like that. It feels like it feels like forever. Probably like something like that. Right. It does. Yeah. A while back. It does feel like a while back. But yes, I remember you texting me about it. And of course, it had started to catch buzz. Other people were starting to talk about it too. So, yeah. But the title, I mean, 
can doesn't not sound like clickbait like a mega church exposed like really it does it, it does. could have been done better like i'm i'm kind of bummed about that um but i binged the whole thing <laughs> i guess it worked um it took I mean, me about a night to watch it all yeah i i don't know i i guess i don't mind that i mean because that i didn't watch it because mm-hmm. i don't have discovery plus and i'll get into more why also i haven't watched it but that's one thing i don't have discovery plus mm-hmm. but side note i unsubscribe free trial <laughs> <laughs> I feel, like that's what, I feel like that's what a lot of people did just to watch this thing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's what they're doing, right? They're exposing things. So, yes, it sounds like clickbait, but also it sounds like it's accurate. Fair. I'm just used to those titles on YouTube videos that says, right. you know, COVID exposed or, right. you know, yeah. whatever. Biden exposed. Like, Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just the way our culture is with clickbait now things that actually make sense as a now have kind of become really like cringy or whatnot yeah. but i think within that also after watching the whole mm-hmm. show and because i binged it it kind of put everything in perspective with the how the, the flow of the show and i right. gotta say like they're trying to sell it as a documentary but sheesh that's a stretch it it was definitely more entertainment than journalism. Yeah. Um, so it kind of felt almost like reality TV, you know, just a bunch of interviews, a mm-hmm. lot of dramatic play. Um, right. It kind of, it kind of also reminded me of like a murder, um, like that, you know, like 48 hours TV show or something yeah, like that. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, the production stuff wasn't great. It definitely was filmed for entertainment. Right. I don't think it was filmed or created to be like this epic piece of journalism, you know. Right. So. Now, I haven't watched it, like mm-hmm. I said. Um, the One of the main reasons I haven't watched it is I just feel like through my years and talk with different people and my experience, you know, like, the underside or the dark side of church culture is really mm-hmm. bad, really, yeah. really bad. And so my initial reaction has been, I don't want to watch a documentary just showing me all the things that, and how bad I are, I know it is. And yeah. I'm sure I would still be surprised by things, but that's kind of where my head is um, yeah. now without seeing it i do and even if it's like you said that they did it more and it feels more like trying for entertainment than true journalism i do think it's important to expose yeah the problems because if we don't then they're more likely to continue and often often when things continue they just get worse. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would. Yeah. And I think within that, it's the whole series was kind of based around two main people. It's Carl Lentz and, you know, Brian Houston. So right. the exposure of what um, the exposure that we're looking at in the show is basically the exposure of the faults of Brian Houston and Carl Lentz. 
right? Um, which were they're not new. They've been going on. This isn't like again, this isn't like journalism where they're saying like, hey, look at this, like this just happened, or bringing right. the facts together mm-hmm. um, and revealing something that no one's known about. Uh, Carl Lentz has stepped down quite a while ago. Um, and a lot of the allegations were made public. There were some more interesting, like things that were exposed in the show, Mm -hmm. um, different folks that were on that were talking about leadership. Um, the person actually that Carl Lentz had an affair with was on there. So she is on some reality TV show coming up soon. Fair. I can see that. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like totally, X. I don't know the name. I don't remember the name of it, yeah. but there's something that she's gonna be on soon. Yeah. It's like, wow, she's gonna become famous. Yeah, uh, and all. Yeah. But so that's where I feel like the like exposure is coming mm-hmm. from is like exposing prominent leaders uh, right. instead of just Hillsong as a uh, as a church, which right. they're they're both big. That's you know what I mean? When you expose the major founder and leader of Hillsong, you're basically exposing the church, the church and the brand. Right. right. So um, real real quick, obviously I know who these people are, but just for people that may not, mm-hmm. um, give our listeners just a quick rundown. Um, so Hillsong Church is in Aust- based in Australia, but now it's – is it all over the world? Yeah, I was founded in Australia, and um, they started planting these uh, campuses and churches and schools um, all over the world. Right. Right. Yeah. There's one, there's, they call it a Hillsong Family Church, not a Hillsong Church, but a Hillsong Family Church here in St. Augustine. Uh, Yeah. And they actually, uh, the series actually dives in why they do that now, why they don't actually say Hillsong St. Augustine, but they'll Mm -hmm. like rename it. Um, There's a reason for that because uh, they're also trying to, in a sense, uh, what's the right word, but um, it's a business model where they kind of change how they do each location. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's also... Not, I, I like this is going to be a hard conversation for me to be honest because it's yeah. so nuanced and delicate that right. I'm like I don't want to like just talk bad about something without knowing all the facts but I right. also want to be honest with how I feel about it mm-hmm. um, so and one you know I, I've been part of ministry for a long time and I spent a lot of, a long time with one organization so like right. I get the nuances and I come from that perspective. And so I understand why they wouldn't have the same name, but, uh, mm-hmm. within that, I think predominantly who, uh, the series is exposing is, again, Hillsong, New York. That's where okay. Carl Lentz was lead pastor All uh, right. for a while. And they dive into kind of the backstory of who Carl Lentz is, what church he came from. Mm-hmm. Like he was a, uh, youth leader at one church that became big as well then he went to school at hillsong because hillsong also has their own uh kind of not a seminary but more of a ministry school right like how to do church school basically is what i've been told and and if i'm correct there's one that's more like the structure the building of church and church community and then there's one that's more focused on music right 
Yeah, because they have basically a huge music right. uh, program. They're one of the right. most well-known, uh, I guess, uh, Christian contemporary music right. uh, artists, bands in the world. Yep. And they're pretty big. They've mm-hmm. won awards. Uh, they've been, I mean, yep. everywhere. Outside of the Christian circle, they've also been everywhere. They did stuff with Justin Bieber. They did yep. stuff with a lot of major you know mainstream right. musicians so yeah they're so, very well known and the and there's a few different groups that are birthed from that but the main one is hillsong united and right. if you're if yeah. you understand like the christian and praise and worship world like that's they're a big deal they're, like you yeah. said they're a huge deal um so you mentioned carl lentz pastor yeah. of hillsong new york yeah uh, you also mentioned Brian Houston, so correct me if I'm wrong. He is the leader of Heel Song, like the whole yeah. shebang, correct? Yeah, and, and I believe he's the founder, from what I remember, of Heel Song. Yeah. I think his dad started it. Um, Didn't his dad start it? Because there was like stuff that we later learned he had covered up of his dad, too. And Brian did ministry with his father but that's before gotcha. that's before hillsong so gotcha um, okay but uh, i guess we'll get into that the whole debacle is still fair because mm-hmm. brian was aware of the things that his father was doing um anyway so those are kind of it's kind of a brief slash little inner uh, overview of what that show was about uh so if you're kind of into that thing y'all should check or it out who or who or it was who about? It was about um, right. Yeah. So, but but why why is it why is it important? You know, like I said, I think it's important that mm-hmm. shows like this being are being made. Um, so, it's this guy that's the leader of a giant mega church, Brian Houston, and then you have a prominent pastor mm-hmm. named Carl Lentz that was in New York Hillsong. So what we've this we've said you know it's exposed it sounds grimy it sounds yeah. like not good what's the documentary about yeah or what what's it exposing yeah it's exposing church abuse just in general um all kinds of abuse happening within the church so it, it, gosh it, it's a lot there's um everything from finances to uh, using people for what they called free labor to um, sexual abuse. There's a lot going on within that conversation and within what that documentary or that show was exposing. Now, this is only not the only uh, show of its kind. Uh, there was a right. the prominent you know, podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, um, even the Instagram uh, preachers and sneakers, where now we know his name, Ben Kirby, was uh, exposing or revealing, you know, all these pastors wearing thousand dollar shirts and all of the kind of bougie lifestyle, fancy cars, airplanes, right? Um, all of that. Um, so those those things, like this, is not a new series. Stuff like that's right. been going around. Right. It's not a new issue. Uh, obviously, it's a big deal when it's a global scale um, that that 
something like Hillsong, that's a mm-hmm. huge organization in different places in the world, is that prominent figures, prominent leaders of church of yep. spirituality that hold that hold prominence. Mm-hmm. We are now learning that they have abused people, whether it's just like bullying or it's something like sexual abuse, uh, all these different things. Verbal, emotional, spiritual, like all of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like for people like you and I, church is supposed to be a safe, the safest Mm -hmm. of place. And church leaders whether they want it or not, whether they choose for it or not, are given power. You know, they're looked at as people to often, this is, this is me being generic and just general. Yeah. Often people that are leaders of churches mm-hmm. are looked at as good people, as people that are given authority that you listen to. If you you know, like often in church culture, you know, like they're supposed to be the people with the answers. They're supposed to yeah. be people that tell you how to follow Jesus, and they're supposed to be like Jesus, like God. And so they have a whether they want it or even aim for it, they often hold a lot of power over people yeah. and a lot of influence. And so when you heat when it's over the last few years. I think part of it's just the rise of the internet. Yeah, we're for hearing, sure. we're hearing stories and stories and stories of things like what you're talking about with this documentary, Hillsong, a mega church exposed that, you know, this abuse has been going on for a long time. And again, yeah. I haven't watched it, so I'm not going to pick apart like yeah. what all is said. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, but, I, I agree. It's, it's scary even to think about that stuff like that happens within the church because church leaders, whether that's pastors or just spiritual leaders within your community are that they're leaders. They're like, people look up to them. People take their words and apply them to their life. Like these people carry a lot of weight in the communities, just your local community's life as a whole. And then as individuals, so there is a degree of this authority also placed upon church leaders that their responsibility is basically to reveal God in a way that, uh, gosh, I, I don't even know how to word it because it's a, it's, it's, it's a heavy weight, I would say, to right. be someone in leadership because you're not just, you know, like a president of a country which is a big deal, but you're now you're a representative of God who no one sees. And you carry this weight of representing someone who has like, who's omnipotent and who has all the knowledge and you are now quote unquote, a spokesperson. So, and that is not always how, you know, pastors or church leaders are viewed but I believe that's ingrained in the subconscious of folks who go to church is like, when you look at the pastor, you trust them because they know God, they're a spiritual leader. Like there's that authority that's already placed upon folks just because they have a 
pedestal just because they are on stage, you know? Right. It's a safe, at the very least, they're a safe person. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah, for sure. And it's not, I I don't think all of that is bad. Um, I just think sometimes the weight of that is much harder to carry for Mm -hmm. leaders in the church than is like recognized. And, you know, we hear this all the time is that, you know, leadership becomes very lonely. And now when you're a spiritual leader, that's a whole different gambit. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. So when exposures like this happen, uh, like, like these happen, then it becomes even more complicated because you see how fragile, like all of this, uh, uh, I guess, leadership, but also like how fragile Christianity can, can right. be. And it opens up like a door for judgment, critique, and it can get pretty toxic, right? But it can also be very, very good because it reveals things that need to be exposed it that don't need to be hidden like the abuse of power is very dangerous um even if it's in the name of god or i mean especially if it's in the name of god or if it's just like you know abuse of power because you're like a leader at your job all all of that in general is bad um right you know even go ahead i was gonna say this doesn't just happen in church this yeah. is a problem of people in organizations where they get power. Right. And, you know, like in, in other organizations, it's, you know, harassment, it's bullying, it's some form of abuse. In church culture, we, also, we often call it like church abuse. We use the, those terms of, you know, like sexual harassment, yeah. harassment, bullying as well. But then there's often like, church hurt or different things like that and it can run a long line you know so like you mentioned uh that in this one a lot of it has to do with sexual abuse yeah Uh, and some of that is you know like things that apparently brian houston has been alleged of that's gone on and it's gone on for a long time which is part of the problem that i want to touch on as we go deeper but then you have carl lentz who a lot of his had to do with uh correct me if i'm wrong but he had an affair right and that came out publicly that this very prominent figure had had an affair and that also is obviously in culture especially for people in power you know like in the secular world i feel like it is sadly not as big of a surprise to people but it's still wrong obviously it's wrong and then but but then you got in church culture that idea of you know like marriage is so important the Mm -hmm. church tries to push things like that so it is wrong and i don't know i feel i feel icky saying it kind of but in church culture it's even considered worse yeah for sure For for christians and like church culture uh, they probably even consider it a, a I don't know in a better way to say that. I don't like that t- that language, but at the same time, that's what it is. So you have this prominent person who had an affair on his wife, and here he is supposed to be a spiritual leader of thousands of people in his church, and then he knows very well his reach extends 
past that. He's on a yeah. in a global network. He was friends with people like Justin Bieber. And then you got someone like Brian Houston, who, as you know, you said, this thing exposes <laughs> that he's the leader of a global church network. And then you yeah. find out for years yeah. these allegations have gone on. Uh, but then you mentioned like the rise and fall of Mars Hill. That's yeah. a podcast that was that came out and it talked about Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll is a pastor now. That's scary. Yeah. Yes. Who became famous. And then over time, that church ended up collapsing because all these allegations came out of him. I've never heard of anything sexual from him, mm-hmm. but that, that that's not the line. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, as long as it's not sexual, it's okay. It was like, that's, it's still not okay. And so he was known as just being a bully setting up a very, you know, like pedestal of himself, putting himself in a power, controlling, manipulative, uh, really seemed to like talk well. It, it seemed like at times he came across as talking highly of women, but when it got right down to it, it was, seemed like it was much more controlling women. Yeah, he's, and, yeah. yeah. Misogynistic, all yep. these things. And, you know, I know some people personally mm-hmm. that, I heard for years after they left that church talk about it and other people that have talked about it. So even before that podcast came out, uh, then you have stuff like uh, Willow Creek is a big giant church in Chicago, I believe. Pretty sure mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh, Willow Creek, I have heard described as like the model of mega churches that started a long time ago. Uh, the pastor that's not there anymore was a man named Bill Hybels. This is a church that got so big. Even Shane Claiborne has written about this church in books, and he's Mr. Minimalist Simple Life. And even he, I remember, praised this church at one time, saying how like this was a church that didn't that did it on a grand scale, but did it well. Well, Bill Hybels announced he was like going to retire at a certain time. They announced publicly uh, two lead pastors taking over a man and a woman. And then all of a sudden, a little while later, stuff comes out. This was just a few years ago where Bill Hybels had harassed and like and like sexually sexual abuse and things for years and years. Hmm. And again, it was one of those things where it just like these allegations that that uh, have come out about Brian Houston. It's these things that. It extends on and on, and it was going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have like others. There's a guy that's uh, Acts 29 is a big network globally as well for churches. I feel like I think it's more reformed, but I know some people that was under a guy named Steve Timmis. And a year or two ago, he was in uh, Great Britain, I believe. And a year or two ago, he had to step down as a CEO because of bullying. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. And it's this thing where it's like people were in fear of him, the way he treated people. Um, it's an abuse of power. And it just, it sounds like all of that stuff just happens way, way too much. And it's yeah. been happening for a long time. Um, and it seems that there is a pattern of people know about it, people hear about it. And unfortunately, hopefully this is happening less yeah. now, but unfortunately it gets covered up yeah. if 
if what Hillsong documentary says is true, it's been covered up for a while with Brian Houston. From everything that came out about Willow Creek, it was covered up for a while with Bill Hybels. Um, Mark Driscoll, it was yeah. covered up. And then, you know, uh, and it's just, it's obviously a major issue in the church. Yeah, it feels like all of these things get revealed only because they got really, really bad. And right. that's very, very sad, you know, because mm-hmm. in my personal experience, like I've, I've experienced some church abuse, majority of it being uh, spiritual manipulation. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like exposed on this big level. It was just people got hurt and people just walked away and things started to fall apart. Uh, right. But when hearing these like stories on such a big level, yeah, it, it it really hurts. I think that's why I binged it because mm-hmm. I almost could like my emotions could connect to what I was seeing on TV because like a lot of that I experienced on a very personal level. I'm specifically being allowed around the circle of folks who like prophesy and this like prophetic leadership where a lot of spiritual um, manipulation can happen where people say like, well, God told me you need to do this, or, you know, God is calling you to do this, or, you know, I, I see God is going to, you know, take you into this space, blah, 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 this and that. And it puts this pressure on like people to perform to a level that maybe they're not even comfortable with. And then if you don't perform and you fail, then people say things like, oh, you're disobeying God. Didn't God tell you to, you know, move to France or move to right. Africa? Like, didn't God say this? And there's this pressure and manipulation to do things that you may, it just may not be true, you know? And right. around even that, it goes even deeper that I've experienced was people saying, well, you you can't hear God's voice or you can't hear... Um, you can't make those decisions in what you want to do in life. You're not spiritual enough. These folks are ordained and these folks actually have the authority to speak like this. You don't. I've right. literally experienced that kind of stuff. And then right. when I was in ministry, it got even to the point where people were saying, oh, you can't listen or read these kind of books because – you're going to be in a place of questioning and questioning is basically not allowed. You only have to read these authors to be like aligned with that or like this model of leadership. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a lot of control and there's a lot of like manipulation uh, manipulation and it's, it may not look like it's bad on the outside, but mentally it's insane. Like I remember my stress level got so bad. I started, um, getting uh and this may sound funny but it's not and it didn't feel funny like i had a very bad um twitch in my eye that i couldn't control so i could possibly have been getting like some nerve damage from all that stress you know it really weighs on you and it becomes really difficult and mental health is so important to be like fully right. present and to be fully alive so when you go through that it's no joke yeah i mean that's i I just, I come from the point of view because while I'm, I've had tough times when it comes to the church, I've had not seeing eye to eye and things like that, uh, you know, just stress, but I've never had what you're describing, 
uh, where it was like true like manipulation and abuse at least that I yeah. that I know of I'm sure it happened when I was growing up and if I think about it I could come up with stuff but not to the level you're saying and and again that may not sound to people as bad as you know the the stuff that we started this conversation with that these mm-hmm. big like stories and news outlets and quote unquote journalism um, mm-hmm. is showing, but that's that's also kind of where it starts. You, uh, like being you, being controlled, being told you're manipulated. You have to do this. You have to do that. This is right. This is wrong. This is the only way. That, and it's it's manipulation. And some people were raised up in it. So they don't even realize that's what mm-hmm. it is. But I have a hard time believing some people at some point did not know. Yeah. And at some point you realize what's doing is wrong. And it goes along with that idea of things being covered up, whether it's just like what you're saying, leadership manipulates, abuses by using power, by like it sounded like they were saying, Oh, you can't do that. Only this person can do this. So there's yeah. like a degrading, there's keeping you beneath. There right. there's a there's spiritual oppression of you're not good enough, these people are. Yep. And that you're describing, you know, so like all of that is a problem, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and then you take that and you see how it goes on and on. And it becomes so like as people do that, it becomes it starts happening more. And then people see that done that way, they replicate it and they do it that way. Yeah. And it it, It, and again, it can happen anywhere, but it's a huge issue in our church. Um, like I said, I did I haven't had that experience you have. I mean, I've shared even with you like Mm -hmm. some on, on a private level, like some insane stuff, like like that one person who after getting those like manipulative words and all that spiritual Mm -hmm. abuse ended up committing suicide. Like it gets, it gets pretty heavy. It gets pretty rough. And right. Yeah. Within all of that, like it just, gosh, it gets so complicated because there's this weird tension between go that weird tension goes on inside of you where you're like, man, you do want to obey God. You know, you have this reverence for like, following god whole wholeheartedly and you get into a place of where you're um just even praying and asking like oh god is that really you like should i really do this and you want to trust the person so it's not it's not as easy as it sounds to be like well if right. anybody says something like this like you should automatically tag that as you know spiritual abuse or manipulation right. it's not that simple uh but it's also there's some key things that, yeah, you should be aware of and should look right. out for. Well, and there's all this of you've been told this person is good, this person is safe. Oh, if you were more like one of the biggest is like a thing, if things feel wrong, oh, well, that's just because you're not mature enough spiritually. Right. Or there, a, a big in church is if something's going wrong, oh, you must have a sin issue. Right. Yeah. Deal, or the you, worst. Or how dare you accuse this great man or woman? Because it doesn't just happen to men. I mean, come on, mostly man, right? <laughs> right. It do- yes, in our exactly. culture, especially because part of the problem is uh, church culture is so overly patriarchal and uh, male abuse and all yeah. of that. So, anyways, 
people will say like this is a this is a man of god how dare you say something and they're not going to believe it or as we know if they do believe it they sweep it under the rug um and it's it drives me insane because i'm re- i as i've gotten older i have heard stories from people that i care about and i know that either as adults or sadly growing up as kids they were abused yeah. be it sexually or just spiritually or not just sexually spiritually different ways yeah. they were abused by the the creme la la creme of their church whether it was right. a giant church or a tiny little church and the majority of that stuff that happened in like 70s 80s 90s really early 2000s and it was most most of the time it's women are talking about it and how it nothing came of it or they were treated worse if they tried to be honest about it you know and and that's where you see these things happening the you mentioned like you've had your personal uh and i said i haven't but I can remember when I was in high school, the first time I knew this was an issue, and it's always stuck with me. I was in ninth or tenth grade, and my and all of the stuff was going on about the Catholic Church, the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, and all this like sex scandal of things getting like hidden and people moved around to keep this giant cover up. And somehow we were talking about it in class, and our teach the English teacher, the way I remember it. Because it was quite a while ago, I'm getting old. I uh, just basically said, you know, this doesn't. This isn't just a Catholic issue. This is. This happens in in like Protestant churches and other churches too. And yeah. she told a story of like a church that she had gone with with her husband and their kids. They may have only had one kid at the time. I'm not sure. But anyways, they went to church. They knew this person. Late, if I remember correctly, the person had already left their church and had gone somewhere else, or they were just no longer there. But it came out later that someone that was in leadership I can't remember if they were a pastor or a youth pastor or what but they were someone in leadership, their job was working for the church, a spiritual leader had, um, had if I remember correctly, had sexually assaulted young people, mm. children or teens and the reason i know it was young was because she mentioned saying that her and her husband had to ask their son who was very young at the time what if any they had to like ask questions because they wanted to find out if something like that had happened when they went to church with this person Mm -hmm. from what they gathered they said it sounded like did not but what they were realizing and learning was this was something this was a pattern yeah sad and it seemed as though something like this would happen or something there would be questions or possible allegations and then this person would just be moved to a different church wow and kept on keeping on and the church it's like this machine Mm -hmm. of you know like, like this is the thing i always come back to like it gets covered up because these people in power stay in power and they stay in power because whether it's the machine they're afraid if we say something will the whole church crumble yep or well or you know like or well oh it's only one time we'll forgive them which i'm sorry that's bs i mean 
is there a chance for redemption? I hope there is for everyone. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you let, if someone is manipulative and just bullying everyone under them, if, the, if a pastor is a bully and treats everyone on their staff horribly, maybe there's a chance for redemption, but they should still be removed at least for, you know, like. Yeah. And I think that kind of stuff, like removing doesn't necessarily equate to punishment. When you right. remove someone from leadership or you ask someone to step down, they're not necessarily getting punished. You're doing that to protect the public, to protect the majority. Right. It's out of love. It's not this idea where, oh, now we found out you did something wrong. Let's punish the heck out of you so you can learn. That's not the goal. The goal but, is redemption, and redemption does happen by you got to protect the public and you got to protect the victims or you got to protect right. people from being uh, victims. Right. So, and also, I'm sorry, but if if you're abusing people, you need to be stopped. And maybe part of that, yeah, you need help, but also maybe – Maybe you do need to be punished. Okay, okay. To some degree. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, there has to be consequences for what you're doing. Uh, I mean, people's lives are ruined by right. this. Yeah. Uh, so, so there has to be consequences for yeah. for that. If someone sexually abuses some someone, if someone else, there should be consequences for that. Yeah. Yeah. And. And I mean, so I see all these people, I have all these friends that want nothing to do with the church anymore, or they struggle, part of them want something to do with the church, or they walked away from God completely, because either this happened to them, or it's happened to someone they love, and they are having, they cannot reconcile a God and a faith that lets this type of abuse and hurt happen yeah and i've noticed a lot that there's two predominant responses to hearing right. about abuse on a you know grand scheme like hillsong or hearing people's stories like ours and i feel like the right. response is you either become bitter and you walk away from christianity i.e the church or you put your hand in the sand and ignore all the issues and pretend like again nothing has happened and you just avoid it and hope you don't get hurt and right. i'm not satisfied with both of those you know i don't mm -hmm. i think that's fairly extreme to say that you should just completely cancel christianity and just pretend like nothing that you experienced was real or you completely ignore the fact that there's a very dangerous people on the loose and they need some right. accountability um you right. know, for, because for me, like, at the end of the day, I have come to a conclusion, and it seems pretty common sense, but the church is not perfect, but right. that doesn't make it less holy. Mm -hmm. The church is still a group of people that are trying to become more like Jesus, and there is room for growth, there is room for grace, and the key... Um, I, actually, I, I love um, how John Cobb said that he's a theologian. He says, 
I can stay Christian because Christians are constantly praying for forgiveness. And that's like, he's using the word Christians as like the general consensus. Like Christianity is known for making very, very big mistakes, but then God is faithful to bring the church back, realign it and be like, Hey, like you need to do better. And classic, like we always talk about, and we brought this up on the podcast already. We talk about, um, uh, dude, just blanked what happened in the early church during the dark ages. Oh, it's embarrassing. The crusades. The crusades. Yeah. I don't know. I just blanked. Um, you know, the crusades were awful, but then after the crusades came the reformation. So there were elements where in even looking at like Martin Luther, like he was kind of a freedom fighter on that. Like he was taking the exposure of like bad church leadership abuse in the name of God. And he was saying like, Hey, like people can actually follow Jesus for themselves. So there is that, you know, correction and the church has been to a degree faithful to ask for forgiveness. It just doesn't happen quick enough. We still see a lot of victims. Right. No, I agree. And, but here's the thing. Here's my struggle. How do I try to paint that picture to my friend? Yeah. Who at 14 was, became close to the youth pastor, became close to the worship leader, and they, and they groomed that person by being really nice, by saying, yeah. oh, you're special, and ended up having a sexual relationship with them yeah. and abusing them. How do I then try to explain uh, to do forgiveness or to still love the church that when that kind of hurt has happened, you know, or just like, or that because it happened not to them, but to their sister or yeah. to their daughter or to their best friend, or like you start having trouble in your marriage and mm-hmm. you find out this hidden thing of this past that's called, that's coming up now and causing issues because someone was abused or like, a partner that starts getting treated badly because manipulation and abuse was what was modeled growing up. I mean, how do you then say Christianity in the church is made up of people and we all make mistakes. Yeah. So there's always need to be redemption and forgiveness. I'm not saying I disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I also completely understand and cannot say that, and I, I, I cannot bring myself to say, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Stick it out for someone that says, F it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm I, not going to be treated this way. Yeah. I, I would say if you're in a toxic place, you need to run. Like, right. don't walk. Like, get out of a toxic and dangerous place. That's the beginning. Um, and then, depending on what happened and where you're at, you may need some healing and healing may include, you know, what we always talk about, like deconstruction and re restoring your faith means you need to take some things apart and you need to break it down and you need to 
um, get some healing in those areas, that's, that's absolutely necessary. But I think a lot of the times there's this, especially when we're talking about big organizations like Hillsong, especially when Mm -hmm. we're talking about places like Mars Hill, like I've never went to a Hillsong church and I've never went to Mars Hill, but I see a lot of folks taking that information listening to the podcast, watching the documentary, and from that coming to a conclusion that God doesn't exist. Right. And I'm saying that's that's a stretch. Like that that to me feels like a stretch. I would say like pause, process this information, um uh take those questions that you have and be honest with them. Sit with those questions right. um and actually ask more questions and wrestle with that don't come up to a conclusion immediately just because you're offended about what happened to one someone else probably not you if you're looking at like other churches and all of that right and that's why in the beginning i said this is a nuanced conversation because again if you have been spiritually abused you need healing that's primary like and what that looks like for each individual is I like, I can't define that because that's going to look different. But I, at the end of the day, I would say like, like, don't give up just because the church has been wrong. Doesn't necessarily mean that Jesus is wrong. Um, even though there's a big and close tie between the two, but there needs to be some form of separation there where you can be like offended and passionate about like making things right in the church without just cutting out Jesus as a whole. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I just also, it's hard. I feel like it's completely understandable yeah. why people make that decision. So, I mean, it's just, like you said, there's, there's two versions. There's this version of people leave the church completely, or I often look at it from someone on the outside looking in they choose to not want to ever have anything to do with the church or with God because of this, because of the hurt and the pain or the flip side. And if it's, and in my opinion is the biggest issue is this ignored and then it continues and then it gets worse because I think it's the, it's the abuse and it's the, and it's the bad behavior and it's the manipulation and it's all of those bad things that causes the possible mm-hmm. other of someone. So if you're a Christian and your whole point is to spread the gospel and the idea of the church is to bring more people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. If your actions, let's take away all the where we all just know it's wrong. You don't have to be a, a Christian to know yeah. their, like behavior is wrong. If you are a Christian, if you're a Christian in leadership, if you're someone that's just respected and you're you mm-hmm. are waving that Christian flag and you treat people in a way that causes them to want nothing to do with God, yeah. You are that is a problem. So I think that the abuse and then ignoring it, letting yeah. it continue, pretending like it's not there, like these examples we've talked about, 
causes that second response that you talked about of people just saying, I'm done. I want nothing to do with it. And from my point of view, I, I have a heart for, and I feel like I understand the leaving it all behind. Yeah. In response to how horrible the, the other response the pain it causes yeah the wonderful thing about that is if you're in a situation where you want to leave everything behind because of these rough situations in the church to me that says that you know that there's a better way that jesus actually has a better way and this doesn't sit right with you so to me that's actually like very important to focus on Mm -hmm. because if you've recognized that this is not okay something inside of you already tells you that this doesn't look like Jesus. Right. And you should, you should go with that, go with that like inkling to be like, Oh, there's gotta be a better way because there is, because of what we see happening in the church, especially with it, like abuse being covered up. That is not the Jesus way. No, That's, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And therefore what you're feeling and what you're upset about it's actually a little piece of like the Jesus justice in you that says it needs to be made right. Then that's not okay. Yeah. So I would sit with that feeling. I would continue to like wrestle with that and be like, Hey, like this doesn't, doesn't look good. And then I, if at all possible, I'd say dive back in to the gospels and look at how Jesus tackled uh, spiritual abuse Look at how Jesus tackled um, abusive leaders, um, which wasn't in the church, but it was still within their cultural context when Jesus uh, approached the Pharisees, especially in you know situations like I remember one of the Bible stories where a woman is about to be stoned for committing adultery. And Jesus' response was not to stone her. Like the way of Jesus... Right. The way of love and how Jesus uh, dismantles um, abusive leaders is insanely powerful, mm-hmm. and I think it's sh- it's insanely applicable to where we're at now. So, if you're in that tension of giving up on all of it, I would say that's because you know that this is not okay, and that's right. a sign of Jesus already. Right. I would say in. In going along with that, that just makes the importance of speaking up, speaking out, yeah, making these things known. Like in our current culture with the internet and everything, it is happening. We're it. It feels to me like we're having just a ton of it in the last few yeah. years. But I think that's that's not because all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. It's because well, now it's not as easy to hide. Right. And it's coming out. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's gone on for a long time. But hopefully because of this, it will cause people to say, no, I know this is wrong. They can, like what you're saying, that response, that inkling of knowing something isn't right. Uh, hopefully, you know, in culture now that those vo- people will speak up and right. it will be stopped or others will just see it because they don't have their heads in the sand anymore. And they could stop it 
before it ever comes to be, before something bad happens. Uh, whereas in the past, it has been covered. It, it has been hidden. People have been told, oh, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. How, you know, like from as little as I think you misunderstand, you should pray, right. or as big as how dare you question or accuse this great person of God. Like, no, we are seeing these problems. Now we are in a place in culture where we can call them out. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, I will just say again, though, it's just, you know, we need to, we need to wrap up, but I'll just say this. I agree with you. I love the church. I still believe in the church, but I do think it's very easy to say, especially it would be easy for someone like me that has mm -hmm. an experience that's the same degree to say like, listen, this was a horrible situation. Get out, get out. Mm -hmm. give yourself time and then try church again yeah because you know this isn't the way of jesus yeah that's very i think that's very easy for us to say mm -hmm. and i think it's a lot harder to do for some like okay let's let's say you're a dad well you are you are a yeah. dad so like you find out at 13 years old that the youth pastor has sexually abused your daughter for two years yeah, or even one month or did it yeah. at all. And, and maybe the church even handles it well, where they immediately believe you, Yeah, you know, but most of these cases, that's not what happened. It's covered up. You're made the victim. You have to, or you met, you're made the villain. You have yeah. to leave. They're just given a cush job somewhere else so that they continue to do what they're doing. I think while it's easy to say, move on, give yourself time, and then go to another church. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on Christ. Don't give up yeah. on the church. That's probably extremely hard to actually For sure. do. 100%. When everything you have been taught about this religion and this body of christ this church this organization mm -hmm. those are supposed to be the safest people the best people the examples of love and you yeah. and then that type of abuse happens so I, that's where i say like i could i can understand yeah walking away i can understand being hurt so badly that you don't know if you yeah that you don't know if you believe anymore, that you say you stop, that you stop believing, that you don't want to go back. So I just want to yeah. say that because, sure. because of this being such a, a horrible issue, because of it being so real and for so long being covered up, I understand why some people may listen to what we're saying of, you know, like, you know, that's not God, you know, that's not Christ. Mm -hmm. Um. And they're like, and their response is, forget that. The, yeah. After the way I was treated, no, because I feel like it, it's it's easy for you to say that's your, yeah. pri you know, for a lot of people, it's like, that's our privilege of not having to experience it. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would definitely stand with the victim in that situation mm -hmm. and be like, hey, I hear you, I see you, and I understand that you need to do what you need to do right now and that's i totally support that right uh, i definitely wouldn't want to be part of re 
like re-victimizing a person mm-hmm. and putting them in a place again where they have to either live through um, the trauma of the abuse again or even experience abuse again. Like if you know you were abused by let's say a worship leader and you go into a church and every single time you see that another or any any form of you know person standing behind the mic that's a singing christian songs and it's hurting you probably not the best place like you need to take care of yourself and i would say if you're genuinely seeking for healing you'll find it like Mm -hmm. i totally trust that and i trust the process and i trust the journey that is going to lead you to find genuine truth and a genuine experience but there has to be that element of like genuine care. Like I want help. I want right. healing. And I believe like, even if you or that person doesn't believe in God anymore, I believe on their behalf that God will find them where they're at. If mm-hmm. God is who I believe God really is, then God is always going to pursue that person no matter what they believe right so i totally like for me i i have so much more um care for the person that is willing to walk away from the church than the person who is pretending like there's no issues and right sticks their head in the sand and continues with the group think and isn't thinking for themselves because to me the danger there is you know, missing the Holy Spirit, as cheesy as that sounds, like completely missing God's leading and then being a participant in abuse and not even knowing about it. Right. To me, that's way scarier than someone walking away and seeking for healing. Mm -hmm. Well, if your head's in the sand, it's not stopping. Right. It's just going to continue. And more people are going to get hurt. And then more people are going to want nothing to do with this faith that you and I share. And I, I can't blame them. You know, it's like, well, we've done, we've done a horrible job and that's where as bad as it is that these things are coming out. I hope that teaches us to be better to not let, if someone is accused that we don't either cover it up or we say, oh, no, they're a great person of God. This is on you. All these things that have happened for so long, I hope now we take it seriously because by doing that, it will hopefully cause an end Yeah. so that others will not get hurt in this way. You know, uh, that's, that's what I think. And that's my yeah. thing. Like, I just, I... God doesn't need defending. Right. And when it comes to stuff like this, I'm not at a place where I can, where I want to ever come across as though I'm defending the church or making excuses for it happening. For bad actions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. And as cheesy as this sounds, I'm going to say it. The church needs a counselor or a therapist. And as funny as that sounds, the Bible says that the church has one, the Holy Spirit. Right. And it's funny that the church misses that. That's mm-hmm. like, to me, that's that's kind of the paradox of everything. It's like the, the fact that the church should be 
following Jesus, the church should be representing Jesus, and the fact that it doesn't, it's so confusing for everyone looking at it, whether you're a part of the church or you're not, it just doesn't make sense. It becomes a right. just a pretty big joke, and it yep. devalues something that for me is important. It devalues right. something that I've genuinely see value in and genuinely are connected to the church and see good in that. And then I hear or see documentaries like this, or even look at my stories and be like, ah, like, how are you missing this? Like this, right. how are you actually doing what Jesus would never support? Like that right. doesn't make sense. And I get the confusion. So I, I sit in that confusion a lot. And one thing I do know is part of the kind of walking away process is, and I, I never like fully left the church or I never fully um, like transitioned out of Christianity, but it did lead, lead me down the road into deconstruction. Right. And that like time and that period of basically taking apart things that I thought were always right. I thought were always true. They didn't match up with what I experienced. Right. And all of that had to do with abuse and seeing all of that, sitting with that and then trying to like figure out like, what do I do at this point? Um, that's why I do think I'm not a proponent or I'm not a person who says, you know, deconstruction is evil. Deconstruction is wrong. I, I would never say that. I would just say that take your time don't rush things right that's that's a very big part of that yep and we will do a whole episode on deconstruction at some point we've talked about it in our yeah. like where where we come from like in our like first like debut episode but yeah i'm with you i don't think deconstruction is evil i don't think deconstruction is wrong at all i think yeah. the church currently is trying to make it look that way uh, or at least the American evangelical church. There's a big push right now to make it look that way. And it is because people are doing what you said. They're like, they're saying, hold up. There's this Jesus that I've been taught about. There's this been this Jesus that y'all talk about. And then there's the way y'all act. And it doesn't match. Yeah. So again, that confusion to tie it back into this topic. Yeah, of course, there are people deconstructing. Of course, there are people asking questions. And personally, I think that's the only way you grow. I think when, right. I think the church is making a huge deal out of deconstruction when in reality, that should be a part of a, a faith process, just a life process in general as you yeah. grow and start to understand things for yourself. But anyways, I won't harp on that. But it's that idea of the confusion like you said of course of course people will struggle and yes it take your time let it be in your own time if you if for the people that unfortunately have been hurt sometimes it's 20 years down the road before they realize yeah. that, oh i had this i had this issue going on from this trauma that i didn't know about and this hurt i mean it can take a while you know like if i you know if i if i have people that i love and i want to see them like go back to church 
I don't see myself like really trying to, I don't even go as far as saying encourage it Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't want to push them before they're ready. You know, all of that. It's just everyone's on a different time frame. Trauma Trauma is real. Pain and hurt is real. Unfortunately, we are seeing from these podcasts and from these documentaries that the church is really, really bad. And then we treat our victims horribly. And, you know, hopefully this will get better now that it, that in our world and in our information age, it's not hidden. Yeah. I, you know, the reality is like, we know this church is not perfect. Right. And because of that reality, I believe like the church deserves grace. Uh, We all do, but especially the church again not to say that just i i know that term can be triggering to say oh someone deserves grace i'm not discounting the trauma i'm a victim of you know church abuse so therefore when i say that i'm saying it from a place of like don't give up but also don't put your head in the sand and we can't bank on the church fully representing christ like we can't bank on that i don't don't, it's sad to say but we can't because they're still made out of people who are changing and growing and making mistakes so there's room for critique there's room for repentance and there's a proper place and time for deconstruction and or reconstruction right And, and when i look at everything that is how i sum things up right now where Mm -hmm. i'm at like in my journey when in my journey of like faith but in my even journey of life like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and the way i want to as cheesy as i'm making all of this sound i'm just like super cheesy today but in a way that i want to be a better human is i want to make sure that when i lead my business when I'm a friend when I'm a husband, when I'm a father, like that, I'm always erring on the side of grace. Like that is always, that's, that's, that's my go-to. That's my motto. Um, And I want folks to experience that. I want folks to feel that. I want to feel that for myself. And I think the more I look introverted and the more I look inside of me, the more I realize that I'm not perfect. Like the more I realize that I need more grace and I hope that that that's what folks hear out of this conversation is Mm -hmm. not to bash the church. It's not the goal, not to also then discount the pain that's been done by the church, but to look at all that, hold that together and say, how do we become better? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I would say part of that for there be redemption and for there to be grace. I don't know if that can happen simultaneous. Like we already said, it's a time frame, mm-hmm. but for the church to experience redemption and grace, first, it has to start doing a better job of making amends, admitting yeah. its faults. So, like, there has to whether you call it punishment or just consequences or what there has to that it it has to be made known the light yeah all the closets got to be doors got to be open to 
however it's got to be emptied out we have to acknowledge and say this is an issue and there can't be repentance or grace without first trying to fix and even if we can't fully stop at least trying to stop the problem yeah i would say proper repentance Mm -hmm. would lead to making things right like if your mind has really changed about something like in the sense of oh you realize that you were like part of spiritual abuse Mm -hmm. then you should turn around not only say that and admit to the fault but you should make a way to restore what was lost. Mm-hmm. And that's, in my opinion, what like proper repentance look like. If, right. if, if you just say sorry and that's done, then I, I don't know. Have you fully changed your mind? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally, I totally agree with you. Like that has to happen. And mm-hmm. that's, that is a way that we become better as a church and individually. Right. No, I agree. That's the way we should do it on a personal level if we've wrong, if we're in the wrong. And that's how an organization needs to do it on a major level. Like if you've if you've done something wrong, acknowledge it and fix, try to, yeah, try to make amends, however. And I mean, some yeah. of these things that's so big and it's so horrible. I don't know how that happens, how that yeah. necessarily works. Well, you got to do that. And unfortunately, the church hasn't done it well. No. And that's why we're having these organ, these documentaries and stuff exposing yeah. what the church has not stopped or got redemption for. So now we'll see yeah. what happens next. You know, I'm for still sure. follower of the church. But again, my heart really goes out. Yeah. And I understand those that just say, I'm done. Yeah, for sure. So. This was good. Thanks for uh, having this tough convo because yeah. it's not like to all the listeners, not clean. It's not polished here. Right. Like, We're- I feel like this whole conversation has been a long one and like I've been bouncing around all over the place trying to put words together to make it sound and communicate it properly. But it's hard. It, just, it is a tough it conversation. Is. Yeah. Um, so. Everybody just has, to, whether you're a believer or not, everyone needs to do better. I need to do better. You need to do better. We all need to do better. And the, but with that said, the last thing I'm going to do is say you were abused. You need to try to do grace and forgiveness better yeah no That's, no yeah no <laughs> no yeah i'm not saying i'm not gonna say yeah. that yeah yeah so but yeah we could go on and on about this it's an ongoing hopefully it's something that'll start happening less yeah but it's obviously you and i don't have all the answers either no. yeah and um but these types of things i think is how we become better humans uh, whether that's humans of faith, followers of Christ, or not, uh, is acknowledging problems in the things that we care about. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's a wrap. 
that's yeah. a good way to end it right there, dude. Yeah, because there's not a real way to there's end. There's not a way to end a, something as heavy yeah. as this. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I hope people resonate. If we make you mad, if we piss you off, that's okay. Maybe, Let us know. Yeah, maybe we need to be told that. But uh, oh, I guarantee you there's times we both need to be told that. For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is a hard conversation uh it's a struggle uh sergi was supposed to lead this i don't know if i really let you hopefully i let you <laughs> it was good uh, <laughs> no it worked out good yeah. cool so yeah um well i'm gonna go watch some basketball and i'm gonna have a cigar and is your daughter asleep or up? no nope. i can still hear her upstairs so okay i'm gonna go see what's happening above the basement and then i still have to still have to get some work done and it's gonna be same gonna be it for me yeah yeah i that reminds me i got some work i need to do too some emails and stuff i need to check so and it's 10 38 here so anyways with that let's all have grace as best we can but i'm not telling you to have grace you get it. I hope everybody yes. gets what yes. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'll talk to you later, like as soon as we stop recording. But uh, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode of Talk on the Way. Thank you for joining us. We're glad to have you with us as we navigate through faith, life, and our shared humanity.